Oh. And you were just like, dum dum, blah blah blah, and blah blah blah. Yep, that's you. That's my talk. That's you. That's the way I talk. It's I have heard that speech exactly. before. Dum dum, do blah blah blah. That's that sounds like me actually. So you're probably right. Um, okay, well, listen, let's <laughs> well, hold on. Okay, sorry. I just I just want to add to that because because Jen, that is also my experience with meeting Hugh. <laughs> dum dum, do blah blah blah. You're listening to the Can't Sell This podcast, dedicated to projects past that never saw the light of day, with your hosts Hugh Elliott and Stefan Grambart. I just say I'm very excited about this episode, specifically because the intro that is going to play that we're already in, we're already in is going to be you bonifying all of us, including Jeff. And I, I, I am so excited about this. Us bonified and then leading into the episode because I've changed all our episode uh, format to having an intro, and then and then and then to going into the music intro and then the actual episode. So I am stoked. And <laughs> I'm sitting in studio with my esteemed colleague. Oh, well. <laughs> Thank you. Stefan Grambart. And I'm Hugh Elliott. And we are on the line with one of my favorite cartoonists and animators and one of the funniest ladies I've ever met. Oh. Jennifer Scheiman. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you, Jen. Can I just say, with a, with, with a voice that is functioning... <laughs> what a fan I've been of you for such a long time. And to have you on the podcast is a massive thing for me. Well, the feeling is mutual. I'm delighted to be here. I'm excited to just have a conversation with you again. Because that was another thing is that I remember how delightful it was to have conversations with you at these places. Oh, well, see, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's a great thing. So there, there are two things. And one is... We do want to talk about the can't sell this aspect of it. And I, I, do, I really do want to talk about that. And you send us a great doc in which I'm pretty sure we only read two and a half pages. <laughs> Quite all right. But that's, yes. that's the whole purpose is you're going to tell us about mm-hmm. it. We're not going to. We're not going to yes. tell you. Um, and then the other thing is that Stefan was unaware of the 30-second bunnies I until was. I introduced him to him. Oh, man. I, I, somehow it, it – it fell off the corners of the internet for me. <laughs> and and Stefan's a former animator. So I was I was cool. totally stoked and into it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So <laughs> let's 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 go from um the uh 30 second bunnies very quickly. We are not gonna dwell on them and then move into the the ombudsman. Is that, is that right. cool? Does that make sense? That sounds that sounds great. So can I uh, really quickly get you to, to just describe the inspiration behind the 30 Second Bunnies? Yes. So this so 30 Second Bunnies Theater is um, an animated short series that I've been working on. It's been my long-term project. I started it in 2004. And the 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 motivation behind it was really um, freedom and independence. It was freedom uh, and creative control. Um, Owning my own work, I had been doing a lot of work for higher stuff. Um, Creative control, I really wanted to see my vision executed, or shall I say implemented. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Can't? Yeah. So that was, that was the, um, the origin of the project. And it had, uh, it had a very excellent, um, 
response. Yes. Such that I was able to, I and still am able to continue working on it. And so there have been times I've taken sabbaticals here and there because uh, the scheduling often got pretty um, un, uh, or relentless. And um, there were a couple times that I felt pretty burnt out and took a step back. Um, but the last two years, I've been trying the new um, crowdfunding um, Patreon right. uh, platform model. And that's actually been a really wonderful way to interact with and, you know, relocate audience because a lot of the content a lot of the, the bunny shorts were made for different clientele and had different viewerships all over the place. And so I'm trying to like gather everybody together again and into one central location. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find it, it's very creatively fulfilling. Um, also exhausting, but kind of worth it in, you know, <laughs> so I'm really enjoying that. Um, Sorry, I, I'm, we're not trying to drag more out of you. I just I, I keep looking at Stefan, going like, "Do you have a question?" So, <laughs> one of the one of the things that, that I've always found interesting is is the is the path you took in in, in releasing. So, uh, Stefan, uh, Jennifer uh, published all of her cartoons using Flash, mm-hmm. and yes. uh, all of the audio was yourself and people you knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and and it was like the breakdown was a movie done in 30 seconds but voiced by bunnies. Yes. So 30 you know. Second Bunnies Theater, it's movies in 30 seconds reenacted by bunnies. Um, it was very – It's and remains very lo-fi. I'm still using the same Flash setup that I was using. Wow. Incredible. Flash 8-Ball. Oh, yeah, buddy. <laughs> Ocho. <laughs> because, wow. because I I just resonated so much with the animation aspect of the software. That For sure. The system continues on. You know, it's a legacy. It's a legacy system. Mm-hmm. And it still works. And, and every, so time they, every time they say, like, update, you're like. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, so 91 shorts later. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, it's like I don't want to break the system, but eventually I'm going to have to break the system. And, and, when, and, when, and, and, when, and when Jen mm-hmm. first started uh, producing these cartoons, they were on a, a site called Angry Alien. So it was really hard to find. As soon as you, you're like, oh my god, I just watched this this <laughs> this Flash movie, and it was you know this bunny and blah blah blah, blah. and you would forget. You'd be like, oh my god, and Google it's bunnies. 2004 and, yeah, was like, 2004 you could not Google. fucking find anything. No. Right? So, <laughs> you know, you're like bunnies, and they'd be like. Real bunnies. You're like, no, this no. is what I wanted. I wanted bunnies that are funny, and then you get funny bunnies. You're like, oh shit, none of this makes sense. But then all of a sudden, you go like, Angry Alien. Holy shit, there are all these awesome cartoons, and uh, you ended up getting picked up, right? Like you, you were uh, yes. picked up by a major sort of distributor. Yes. Yes, I was. Um, I spent, let's see, I think like six years work uh, doing commissioned um, licenses for stars, um, and that was an excellent partnership. And then I was doing commissions um, for Fearnet, which was also a delightful partnership. Um, right. And those, and then there have been a couple others here and there, and then. Um, yeah, for a total of about 91. Sometimes I did a Crazy. few on my own. Here's the, the the exciting announcement is 
that um, the bunnies are have been reenacting movies this whole time, and now they're reenacting television for this season. Um, so I've I've got a distribution partner um, called Prime Timer, and together we are releasing. Um, so I'm still bonif- doing all the bonification, and then um, my partner is helping distribute. Um, five new titles. The first one is Game of Thrones. Awesome. Bunnies, oh, yeah. Awesome. Is, is now out in the world. Then next will be um, Stranger Things. Oh, uh, shit. We were talking about Stranger Things on the way mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Can you and, get Hooper to really be the voice of Hooper and just bonify you know, him? I have been, you know, the funny thing is I went to high school with um, one of the creators of the game of thrones tv show and i've been trying to like get friends of friends to bug him and be like you got to be a bunny voice for this <laughs> right so you know but that's not i mean you still should get hooper <laughs> <laughs> i would love have you do you have any coups do you have any coups over the course of these 91 episodes where you're like i totally meant jack nicholson was jack nicholson the shining you know what i mean like <laughs> like has anybody ever said like Listen, I can actually hook you up with Christian Slater and you guys can do Heathers and, you know, has that ever happened? Do you have any coups like that? You know, Mike Doherty, who is uh, coming out with the newest Godzilla movie, the director of that, um, has actually done a number of voices for the bunny shorts. See, there you Um, go. There you go. Yeah, he did some voices in Freaks. He did, gosh, I mean, he's one of my earliest really, like, supporters. He's... Freaking awesome. And That's amazing. Yeah, he really is solid guy and did lots of voices. He did um, he did some voices in Jaws and Alien. <laughs> wow. Yeah. What is your what would you uh, we're going to move on and I don't want to I don't want to take us away from the bunnies because I obviously I love them. But what is your favorite? Do you have a favorite? That's a hard thing to ask. But do you have a favorite? Some of them are favorites for different reasons. Um, Rocky is one of my favorites um, <laughs> because there's like a little jam band at the end okay. with all the pets that were in the pet store from one of the scenes. <laughs> oh my God. That's awesome. So Yeah. Like things like that, um, that I really love to put in there. So you've done the crowdsourcing. You've, you've, uh, it's mostly, I mean, you're doing web-based, uh, you've done some stuff for brands. I read, mm-hmm. uh, but have you ever have you ever done like the the animation festival circuit with with Thirty uh, Second Bunnies or considering yes. anything? Okay. Um, at the at the at the onset, um, I was able to um, show some of my shorts in various festivals. I um, actually won um, at the Ottawa Animation Festival. Oh wow! Hey, it's my hometown. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, and it, yeah, I wish I, I wish I could have been there in person. That would have been amazing. But um, honestly, Ottawa. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Hugh, you have no idea. The Ottawa International <laughs> Animation Festival is one of the top animation top-tier, festivals top-tier animation in festivals. the world. I'm not even kidding. This no one that. shows up. We're serious. But they're. Oh no! No no no! <laughs> the industry shows up. It's it's when I was going through animation at Algonquin College. Yeah. Uh, and uh, in the year that they had the animation festival, they basically gave us the week off to go and either volunteer or attend, and it was it was unbelievable for anyone who was interested in animation. Right. So, Jen, I'm sorry you missed it. 
know. <laughs> Absolutely massive. But event. that's that's amazing that, that you that yeah. you you uh, you were in the festival and you won an award at the festival. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But she was in L.A. and she is too important. Yeah. Well, so that's cool. <laughs> it's nice that you you're that kind of person. It's cool. I'm, so this interview is over, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Good night. Good night. And I'm, I'm out of here. Um, Cut. No, that's cool, man. So, so did they send you a thing? Did you get a plaque or a trophy yeah, or a statuette? Yeah, I got a spinny, a spinny thing, one of those animation spinny things. Uh, right on, man. Zoetrope. Spinny wheel. Zoetrope. Yes, thank you. Yes. Hey, cool. <laughs> that the spinny thing. It was very. It is very cool. I'm looking right at it. Well, as much as I want to talk about the bunnies, and we have, I think we've covered the bunnies effectively. <laughs> I want to talk about Baldwin. P. Lennonforth Ombudsman. Because yes. I recall when you started it, and I I was like, okay, this is a whole new thing. And I saw some posts, and I, 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 I was just like, okay. <laughs> what happened with what happened with Baldwin? I'm curious about this because the concept behind Baldwin P. Lennonforth Ombudsman was so funny. Like everything about it was so funny, and and yeah. did, did you find steam escaping from it, or what happened there? I will tell you. And in fact, um, okay, so Baldwin P. Lennonforth Ombudsman is about this small, unassuming platypus-like creature <laughs> who solves bureaucracy problems for demons Sweet. in the realm of the abysmal. So. It's um, one of my favorite topics. And then, you know, like bureaucracy and the philosophies regarding organizational development. And then you've got a platypus creature and hellfire and small, pleasant world. Anyway, um, (laughs) and I love I loved everything about that. And, you know, I was listening to one of your earlier episodes it was the santa quits episode oh yeah um and it was something that one that the guest the children's book editor colleague john said was talking about how um sometimes the story or the characters are not quite baked yet something like that and how um only the creator really knows what it needs and it's, but it's like, so for, for ombudsman, I feel like something is not there yet. So what happened is, so I've made this, I made, um, a Tumblr comic about ombudsman and there's a lot of it. Um, and then I compiled one of the stories called the inventor where there's this demon who doesn't do any of his administrative paperwork. He's always inventing shit instead of, um, you know, torturing the damned or, you know, all the sort of, you know, things in hell that you would be needing to do, like, um, you know, sucking up to your managerial <laughs> demon, demigods or what have you. Right. Yeah. Um, demigorgons. So, mm. Yes. Demigorgons. Bring us back to Stranger Things real quick. <laughs> so, so he, he was I, too busy. He was too busy creating. <laughs> yes. And, um. So I, I just feel like, but the character of the ombudsman himself, Baldwin P. Lennonforth, 
like what I found, I, so I took this around, I took it, I pitched it to a bunch of places. Um, I pitched it to Amazon studios. I pitched it to Netflix. Like I, I got some contacts, which are, you know, certainly possible to find. And in fact, I didn't have to necessarily know anyone to, to find out who, you know, I needed to see. And I set up a bunch of appointments and I went and, um, and it was lackluster. I mean, they did not, they were not interested. And I think it's because the character, and, and this is also based on like this, the reasons are also based on the notes that I got sometimes. And also what I, you know, I had to stop and be like, okay, what's going on here? I really need to take a look at it. And I think Baldwin himself, I just don't know enough about him. And therefore, um, the, the viewers don't like, they do not know what kind of, like, we can't really glom onto him. We can't quite connect with him. Right. Um, because in the, in the comic, um, and in the, in the, the pitch document, um, I, I just don't, you know, uh, I spend a lot of time with the action and I spend a lot of time talking about the, you know, like describing and working on the personalities of the bad, you know, the demons and, you know, how he may interact with them, but we don't really have a feel for him. And he's the main, <laughs> you know, he's the ombudsman. He's supposed to be the main focus of the everything. And but I think in a so, lot of cases, like the, you, you as the as the creator sort of looked back and went, yeah, but it is the demons that matter, and it is the story of 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 their bureaucracy that is so important. And it was interesting in reading the document that you'd written was this: well, he's part of this other world. Like you created two worlds, and the, the description of the collision behind that. But that's not part of this part of the you know written stories. So like when you when you talk about uh, the ombudsman. I always say ombudsman, and I feel bad now that I feel like I've been mispronouncing it. But when you when you say, like, <laughs> he's just a nice guy, and why don't the demons take him? Well, because he's actually super helpful. Like, that's his job. His job is to sort their, their world out where they're normally these characters that, you know, cause hellfire and, 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 and punish the sinners and whatever. He's there to just make sure their paperwork is filed. They got their, their dots uh Whatever you call their it. Their dots eyed and their, their eyes crosses dotted. T's, <laughs> T's crossed, <laughs> crossing T's, yeah. dotting eyes. Whatever. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. I'm not bureaucratic. Like, and I feel like I didn't, you know, from a storytelling perspective, I've been spending a lot of time doing short form content and also, you know, a lot of editing of other mm-hmm. stories. Um, and that's helpful in mm. terms of, you know, practicing like hopping about a story structure hopping uh, oh now that was come totally on. not intentional i'm so sorry <laughs> a little, um, little bit little but, bit it's okay it's who you are can't change I, that it's what i it's what i do um, <laughs> but um i was spending a lot of time on the things that interested me like in in ombudsman like um the gags, you know, like yeah. the funny, mm-hmm. the funny, like making, poking fun at corporate bureaucracies, which I love to do. And, mm. um, and how, you know, the realm of the abysmal, which is one of the two. So there's the realm of small, pleasant creatures, which is where Baldwin 
resides um, with all these small, pleasant creatures who don't have any idea that there's this other realm, the realm of the abysmal, that yeah, uh, which is where all these demons do all their doings. And um, and so Mr. Lennonforth is in sort of an intergenerational um, role of so his his ancestors have been the ombuds creatures um, to this realm since time immemorial. Um, but yeah, like, and there's like some problems with the world too. I mean, quandaries that I haven't necessarily solved, like, well, does, you know, are there any other creatures in the realm of small, pleasant creatures who know about the existence of this other realm? And apparently, I mean, you know, the demons can apparate into the realm of small, pleasant creatures, but only designated portals like soup trains and other sort of <laughs> symbols and other, but small um, bodies of water, yeah, <laughs> but always contaminated kind of, bodies of water. Yes, exactly. Um, but those know, are, those are things that don't end up, they, they don't well, end up part of the story because you're just like, well, that's, that's the thing that, is is a descriptor, you know? And those are the things that I've been spending more time on, is the things that are, you know, these details and less, you know. So I feel like, you know, if I go back and I rework, and perhaps that's what's going to happen. I mean, it's definitely well, on the back burner right now because I'm still feeling kind of tender about it. Like For sure. You know, so uh, so let, yeah. let me let me provide you with, with another point of view and, and – so when I read your pitch document, um, I did see the same thing. The fact that, that there's been, you know, you've, de- you've really developed some of the demon characters. Uh, you've developed a lot of the world. And to me, the ombudsman felt more like this empty vessel character. Yeah. Yes. And mm-hmm. th- that's not necessarily a, a bad thing. I'm, I, I mean, I get where you're getting from with your with the notes that you've been receiving. Is that people want to see him as a, a more fully fleshed out character, but at the same time, like knowing where you come from and knowing where you, w- that you've been working on the, the thirty second bunnies. I mean, if you think about it, the bunnies are the same way. Like they they aren't characters in their own right until they take on the personalities of the characters from the films that you are lampooning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a really good point. Um, the bunnies absolutely are empty vessels, and I definitely deliberately designed mm-hmm. them that way so that they can kind of absorb everything or, you know, anything around them that they're reenacting. Exactly. And so it's very possible that that kind of carried over to this long, you know, this is more of a, you know, the ombudsman was, is supposed to be more of a, um, yes, an ongoing long-term world um, and episodic, but, um, but there's like a sea story. There's, there's more going on than just the, the episode to episode stuff, right? Yes. Oh. And so the, you know, and so it, it's not, it's not unfixable. It's something I could mm-hmm. definitely go back and, and work more on. Um, so it, it's kind of in a, it's a kind of in a holding pen mm-hmm. at yeah. this point while I try to figure out you know, how, how, because there's other issues like ombudsman, even that name, well, man, you know, well, now people are saying ombuds because it's um, inclusive. And Mm. so, and also, you know, he's not quite a platypus. I mean, I had taken this property around 
even before the last couple of years. And um, people are like, oh, we already have the platypus thing. Nobody's doing platypus stuff right now. And I was like, okay, it's a like a platypus meat. Like his parents were a platypus and a duck. <laughs> and so he, <laughs> therefore, is not. A platypus a, is already a yeah. duck creature, like, right? So. Yeah. So it's, there's a lot of things that, you know, when you start turning a critical eye to your beautiful babies and you have to um, either chop their heads off or, you know, disembowel them and stuff it back in in a different configuration you have been that's very graphic (laughs) (laughs) if you're if you don't take out their heads and like just pull out their entrails and wrap them around the neck of your baby it's like wow that's that went a dark direction right there i've been binging dexter (laughs) (laughs) um i know what you you know it's funny like when you talk about the 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 episode with the santa thing is is john Mm -hmm. pointing out that it's we and we said like it's a distillation. I mean, your your process up until the point that your world building was a distillation of a greater thing. Like you basically were making these thirty minute or thirty second distillations of an entire movie, you know. But you can get mm-hmm. the entire point across. And it, you know, after having done the movies and haiku thing, like I totally get it. And it took a long time for me to wrap my head around getting long form again, you know. Yeah. Even now, like, I think I start out writing stuff as short stories, then to short film, and then, you know, hopefully long form at some point. But when you spend all your time, like, trying to make stuff as concise as possible, it it becomes really problematic to wrap your head around it. Yeah, absolutely. And I will also say that um, I think, and also I think that John may have mentioned something about this in the episode as well, that people feel like, and I, me personally, this is my case, where it feels like every time I do something, it should come out perfectly the first time. And if it doesn't, then it's a total freaking failure. <laughs> and just, it's, it's miserable. And I'm going to just never just try this yeah. again because I'm an idiot I'm and you know, et cetera, et cetera, I hate et cetera. myself. Yeah, hate self. And yeah, totally. listen, as a parent, you're a parent. As a parent, you yeah. teach your kid like, well, you get back up and you keep going. And But oh like as, as a creator, you're like, yeah. fuck this, yeah. fuck all yeah. of this. I'm the worst. <laughs> I can't, I yeah. can't succeed. You know, and you're like, well, but, you know, you're telling your kid who who messes up a glitter drawing. Like, listen, that's not a, <laughs> don't worry about it. There's no, there's no problem there. But if you could be, if you could have that voice. You know, for Hugh, yourself. I'm, I'm picturing you being that really positive influence while your beard is full of glitter. <laughs> <laughs> I provided vessels for glitter and said, like, okay, that's fine here. Take this thing. And it's some electronics box. And my, my wife's like, are you sure? And I'm like, no, nah, I don't care. That's fine. But, like, you know, then, then glitter is everywhere because she bought the finest powdered glitter that there could be. You know, and you're like, oh, why the fuck did we go? That's a digression. I mean, Sorry. Yeah, no, I mean, if I could, if I can teach my seven-year-old daughter that making mistakes is an essential part of the creative process, mm-hmm. and to, to, I mean, if I had been taught that growing up, um, I feel like that would have helped me understand that mm-hmm. 
Um, it can be hard to be your own parent. I'll be honest with you. Like, you know, <laughs> thankfully, listen, like I am very thankful to have been partnered up with uh, Stefan in this endeavor for as long as I have. And it's, it's fairly short in comparison to my entire life. But he has he has provided me with the perspective of that nothing's really done. So like even when I even when I get disheartened or I or I feel like oh this is the end of that and I, I got to give up, like Stefan and and this whole podcast has been about it's not about giving up. It's about understanding the evolution of a project. Right. And it's I I I I agree as as a like you said it's hard to be your own parent but also I mean I I give a, a creative advice to friends all the time people who get you know depressed about you know their the lack of their voice and creativity or how you know they're struggling through um you know doubt in their talent and it's really easy for me to tell them that they're wrong and that they just need to continue and that they are talented. But then, you know, half the time I'm giving this advice and there's a voice in the back of my head saying, Jesus, I should be listening to my own advice. <laughs> why do why don't I listen to this? Like it's funny, like with 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 uh, Baldwin, in in my head, like all I could think is is well just introduce his family. Have it like he's playing catch mm. and all of a sudden he blips out of existence and the ball breaks a window and the kid his son runs away. <laughs> you know, but he blips into like a thing where he's got to solve some bureaucratic crap, right? And then like he blips back in and he's holding his hand up with the with the glove on. <laughs> but he's been gone for 25 minutes or something. And the kid runs, you know, like his his wife's like, Baldwin, I mean, but they're unaware, right? He just goes away and they never question why he goes away, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like there's, and, you know, there's just a lot of, details about him that would help um would help communicate the vision of the world Mm -hmm. and it and it would be you know like writing drafts and it's the like uh, you know storytelling and writing this is you know really where um my challenges my ongoing challenges are <laughs> yeah 100% See, for everybody I'm, I'm wording it in a positive i'm putting a positive spin on it um <laughs> i think so, listen you've created yeah. you've created two mm-hmm. worlds yeah. and you've you've figured out the bridge between those two worlds this is what i would think to be one of the harder parts of of writing is like actually having a vision towards what you have as a setting so, I mean, you've done one of the harder things, like coming back and, and revisiting the entire scenario. You don't have to create new worlds. You've got that part figured out and you've got the character figured out. Whether or not he's a platypus, it doesn't matter. Right. Like he could be anything. Yeah. And, and you know, at this point, if I was to go back to it um, or. Yeah. I haven't decided if I will or not. Oh, you um, will. You totally will. Now you will. <laughs> now that you're spurred on by inspiration. Yeah, it's it's fun to <laughs> chat about it in a, you know, sort of a more, shall I say, neutral way, in a neutral place. For um, sure. Because, yeah, in almost, you know, an analytical sort of look at it, um, it feels less... And it's so funny, like how it can really feel painful, you know, um, something that, you know, you put your heart and soul into and you want to share it and it's just not there. And right, that is a thing that happens. It just feels, um, you know, kind of hurty, but yeah. at the same time, 
you, you I don't know, mean to laugh at your pain, but I figured you would yeah, you'd appreciate right. it based on the horror stuff. Yeah, I figured, <laughs> you know, like sharing it feels a little better. But um, yeah, but it, it's it's still you know it still means something. It's it still means something to me, and so yeah, it's it's this idea which I think writers do this all the time, and and I'm only just starting to come to understand it. In, in, internalize it, you know, because intellectually, we've, I've had this talk, you know, about creativity and process and, you know, learning from your mistakes and stuff and going back, you know, so many times. And yet, emotionally, it's a totally different, you know, thing. Oh, applying, applying your understanding of right. the process to mm-hmm. yourself is one of the yeah. hardest things. Oh, yeah. Easily, and, easily, easily. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I've, I've found that to be the case. And it, it does feel good to be working on something that feels comfortable and familiar, like 30 Second Bunnies Theater is something, there are problems to solve, certainly, and each, you know, reenactment has its own challenges. But it's something that I've got, I've been doing it for over 10 years. It's, yeah, it's you're, a challenge. You're, you're, you, have a comfort, used you have a comfort doing it, right? Like, yes, it's pleasant. It's comfortable. The challenges feel nice. <laughs> <laughs> and recognizable, um, too. I think that's an important thing, too. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I I personally, I do hope you, you, you revisit uh, Baldwin, P. Lennon, Fourth, Ombudsman. Yeah. there's a lot there's a lot there that I would like to figure out and see what could how it could proceed because yeah there's a lot there that I really love about it Mm -hmm. um well I mean I love everything about it and I just want to make sure I can communicate but that's the thing see that's where that's what needs to be done it's the communication of the vision and I think that that is what John the editor was talking about is are you communicating the vision? If people are confused, then you're, you have more to do, mm-hmm. you know, and that is what I, and that there's no fault, no blame, no guilt. It's just what I need to go back and figure out. And I don't know, you know, like I think maybe every creator has at least one or more of these kind of projects that they're kind of, you know, sitting on or, you know, taking out and taking a look at and then putting it back on a shelf and taking the other one out. And, but, um, we have an yeah, entire podcast week. based on that. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it's – I think part of it also, uh, at least in, in my experience, is um, very often uh, because a, lo- a large part of my career has been pitches. And mm. and I very quickly learned that creating the thing and creating the pitch for the thing are two very different stories. It's, it's difficult sometimes I find to – uh, especially when it's my own stuff, my own creations, it's very difficult to distill it down into a pitch that makes sense and is is um, exciting and uh, and people will get into without all the clutter of all the other stuff that I've created for that world. Because, I mean, yeah. world building is also something I love doing and I do a lot of and um, like uh, – uh, in a lot of the the creations I have, it's there's a lot of parody. There's a lot of sort of like in jokes for geek culture, and man, if I cram those all into this pitch, it's just gonna it's just gonna someone's gonna read this and go, what is this even about? Um, yeah. So I think I think there's 
Um, I mean, I, I I love the ombudsman. Yeah, I kind of do too. I don't want. <laughs> I just. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to jinx it, but I like. I like it a lot. So I mean, I just don't want you to hear. I'm sorry, Jen, but we just got too many platypuses. We got <laughs> there's too many platypuses out there in the animation Which world right now. Some kind of hybrid between horse and goat. Yep. Like a, a hoat yep. or a gorse. <laughs> Right, there's no demons right now, no outer space, no yeah. vampires, yeah. And no space vampires, but... Cut it out with your fucking planet pie. You gotta fish your set. There's a fish. There's a fish, and it's a magic fish. And yeah. is it incapable of dying on dry land? Then that's what we want. Well, that's just a that's just a regular fish. It's just a fucking mud right. skipper. Well, there was a whole mud skipper cartoon... Wasn't there a muddy mud skipper? Oh yeah, you've already well, had mud skippers. That's right. Yeah, so you can't. There's a whole. There, there's literally a guy whose job it is to cross off all the animals, animals. after they've gotten animated. He's a reverse. Series. He's a reverse Noah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like. That's yeah. the gone with that. No more platypus. We're down to kangaroo mouse. <laughs> kangaroo mouse. <laughs> That's the last animal left. That has there have been many other... voles lately? <laughs> yeah. There's a whole vole. Ah, the vole. I believe the mighty vole was a, a series of books, though. <laughs> the unassuming vole. <laughs> the unassuming vole. <laughs> Maybe that's what he could be. He could be an unassuming vole. That should be the worst demon yeah, in the, the realm of the invisible. <laughs> I can't make my quota because no one's scared of me. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm Vinny the vole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're so cute. Oh my god. I will burn your ass to the ground. <laughs> Sorry, I'm bad. Yeah. Vinny the Vol. Vinny the Vol. Victor the Vol. Blah blah blah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can bring space vampires back. Space vampires. <laughs> Victor the space vampire vol. Victor the vampire vol. Oh, how much alliteration can we do in one episode? <laughs> Uh, so listen, I could be wrong, but I feel like this might be a good spot. I think I think unless there's something, uh, Jen, that you would like to add, is there anything else you would like to talk about? Because, um, yes, there's one more thing I'd like <gasps> to add. This is why we asked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why? Yes, I'm glad you asked that. Well, I'm um, glad I asked it too. I well, I just want to say that you know, moving forward. Um, to speak for all, you know, creation and creating and making of stuff, creative things, um, one, one goal of mine is to A, learn to make mistakes in a more relaxed way, <laughs> or at least like react in a more relaxed way to mistake making. Um, and then also, um, Try to do more exciting creative collaborations. Um, I consider this um, interview a creative collaboration amongst ourselves. I wow, um, I'm so delighted to be here. Um, and speaking of creative collaborations, I think that the notorious Kristen Henry, data viz yes. Meister, mm-hmm. uh, who you introduced me to, okay, and um. She and I might do some sort of cool collaboration of Bunny's data viz. Oh, that's um, exciting. Something fun and festive. Um, and, you know, that it's one of those cool things where it just feels good to try to partner up with people whose work you admire and try to make fun things. And Absolutely. that's kind of mm-hmm. what I would like to do you know, going forward and 
hopefully can apply the nice feeling that one gets when one is in a good headspace and creative space to go back to ombudsman and gently look at it and say, you know, what, what could I, how could I reshape this or make it more communicable? <laughs> Not like a communicable disease. <laughs> <laughs> Communicate the vision better. <laughs> this is going to go viral. <laughs> Not in a good way either. Not in a good way, right? Yeah. And yeah. then Napoleon Bonaparte in a kind of, in a kind of blisters and boils kind of way. <laughs> well, I hope you like that syphilis because that's where it's going. So, yes. yes sorry, you know, that, that's how we. That's how we mess up someone being genuine. <laughs> it always spirals into something. poop and farts. Yeah, poop oh, and farts. Boy. It's true. It's true. Well, oh, it, I am. I am. I am beyond happy to have yeah. had this opportunity. I, I. I cannot tell you how much. Um, I was looking forward to this episode, and I. I'm not disappointed at all. I think it was great, and I really do like. Baldwin it may not end up being a platypus over the long haul, but Baldwin is a stand-up thing. <laughs> I mean, what can he be if he's not an ombudsman? He could be an um, he could be a mediator, I guess. But that's yeah. not funny. Ombudsman, it's got to be anyway. C- this, the C- figure it out. This collective bargaining uh, coordinator, the CBC. Oh shit, that's a thing here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Top, top so medi- well, mediator history. doesn't have anything funny about. Like ombudsman is a word that you go, "What does that mean?" You know. Yeah. You yeah. Need, you yeah. Need could he just be an esquire? Yeah. Like is an esquire a thing? Like could he be just like Baldwin P. Lennonsworth, the devil's esquire? advocate? <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good one. <laughs> Bravo! It could be called nice. the devil's yeah. advocate, Baldwin P. Lennonworth. Lennonsworth. Lennon. Oh shit. Lennonforth. 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 Lennon fourth. The fourth. Oh, so many syllables. <laughs> Maybe that's it. <laughs> Baldwin fourth. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. I really do. And I, I, I hope that I hope that you do revisit it. And I'm one hundred percent into uh helping if, yeah. if you ever choose to want help on that. I'm 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 open to helping you in any way, but I mean like that is one of those things that I I don't want you to be bummed out about it because I think that we all have uh, hit creative walls and we've all dealt with rejection and, and it's all about how you bounce back, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I fully believe that and we'll have to see, we'll have to all stay tuned and see what happens because <laughs> who knows what could happen. That's right. Nobody. Knows. I'm super yeah. excited about the Game of Thrones stuff too. Yes, me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I would think that might be it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I am I am Hugh Elliott. And I am Stefan Grambart. And I'm Shyman. Shyman! Shyman! And that Shyman. was Can't Sell This. Thank you so much, Shyman. Jen. <laughs> This episode of Can't Sell This was produced in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. All creative content contained in this episode is copyright Stefan Grambart and Hugh Elliott. Intro voice by Jeff Wright. Intro music track is Energy by Not Of from their 2015 album Peak. Questions or comments can be sent to admin at can'tsellthispodcast.com. Any other information can be found at can'tsellthispodcast.com. Oh, so it was me.
Well, I appreciate it, Jen. We're gonna we're gonna let you go, so you don't uh, you don't have to stay on. I'm sure you're you're tired of sitting wherever you're sitting and listening to whatever you're listening to, which is us. So not yeah. tired of yeah. us, but no. The child and the husband in the main house are eagerly awaiting my Holy return. shit. Did you just say the, the main, main house? house? <laughs> the bodies well, have paid my mortgage and the mortgage of our second home <laughs> right next well, door. Like, the garage is what I'm in. <laughs> oh, you ha- do you have like a do you have like one of those house. awesome garage studios? I've got the west wing of my yeah. garage. I've got to a- get the car to take me to the main house. The shed is where I reside. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true, though. The main uh, house. You need to. Is that how you talk? No, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the child and the and the husbands are in the main house, and I'm a, and the, the and I'm in ye old shed. Ye oldy garage. Ye oldy garage, or as the yeah. uh, UK say, the garage. Garage. In the garage. I took the lift to the garage. The lift is the elevator. Yes, I know. You have an My elevator that's on the second floor. <laughs> Why? There's a spiral. <laughs> the car just me down. The car just drives <laughs> off the second floor, and there's a pile of them. I bought a dozen cars that I can just break and then get in my nice one. <laughs> that you park on the street. All right. Well, that's uh, that's oh. how we end an episode, Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jen.